0: Glow! Have you been enjoying this, this series, Glow? Yes. I got my lightning bugs back up here again. And they're still alive, contrary to part, uh, disbelief, and they're on demand. Go to bed. They're teenage lightning bugs. You gotta you got tell them. You gotta tell them a few times. Wake up. There we go. Go to bed. Wake up. But, uh, you know, just, just using the illustration of um, those fun times chasing lightning bugs. And, and, and really, um, we do have some lightning bugs that are their own drugs. <laughs> no, they're, they're just, they're glowing in a different way. <laughs> I love it. Um, th- this is birthed out of Matthew five fourteen, and it's coming on the screen right now. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden a city on a hill, I'm in the desert, I'm lost, I'm looking, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. And I see a glow. I don't see a blinding light, I see a glow. And I know that if I can get to that glow, there's warmth, there's safety, there's maybe some food, provisions, water. And we've discussed over the last few weeks of... That's what the church is supposed to be. Would you agree? We're we're not called to blind people. Listen, we're we're called to love people. No matter what they're going through, no matter who they are. The Holy Spirit in this Word of God will convict people. We're called to love them. And so so glowing, being, being a glowing church. And if you weren't here last week, which about 100 of you weren't, please, please, please get online and listen to that message because it was my heart for where it, what this church is and where it's going. Yep. Do that for me, uh, if, if you're invested here. So anyway, I wanted to talk today about glowing by modeling true friendship. Isn't it isn't it amazing how, how we can win people to the Lord through friendship? And if you don't have any friends that aren't saved, you need to get some new friends. I'm not talking about intimate friends where you spend all your time with them but you need to have people in your life that don't know Jesus because if you know Jesus and they don't how are they going to know Jesus if you don't share with them and and model true friendship relational people we are we were created to be relational we were created to have a relationship with God God created Adam and Eve to to walk with him in the cool of the day the Bible says they hung out we're relational beings God created Adam. And he said, it's not good for you to be alone. So he took a rib, took a rib, created Eve. And you know why women are called woman? He saw Eve and goes, whoa, man. <laughs> I got to get some new jokes. <laughs> I like that one. But, but you think about being a true friend. A true friend. And, and I think this is such such a way that we can glow in our community is is being a friend that everyone would want to have one of the best definitions i've ever heard of a friend i'll give you two one is someone who walks in when everyone else walks out we 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 need to be a friend and we need to have a friend yeah. true friendship you think about that and, and and then the other is is a person who bears the burden during your trial. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this message, and there's, there's a lot of ways you could go with this, but one of the greatest examples of friendship that I see in, in the Bible is David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan, and, and, you, and you read this story, and we don't have time to read it all, so we'll jump around a little bit, and I'll, I'll fill you in. But you would be tempted to hear David and Jonathan and maybe grew up in church and heard this story and think, this story's about David. This story's about Jonathan. This entire thing's about Jonathan. Yes, we know David's about to exit out into the wilderness at the end of this, but this story is about the friendship, the covenant, the bond that they have with one another and to the extent Jonathan's willing to go for David. So we'll look at 1 Samuel 19, 1-3, Saul told, told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan was very fond of David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I will speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. This is back and forth between David and, and um, Jonathan. David has already been tried to be pinned to the wall by Saul with a, with a spear, and he's convinced that he's going to be killed. And so here we go, number one. True friendship is a covenant. Think about that word covenant. We don't, we don't really understand that word in our society, covenant. We understand contract. And, and I, I say in a lot of the weddings that I do. A contract is this. You do what you're supposed to do, and I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm out. Right? That's not how God operates. God operates in covenants. And so, so true friendship is a covenant. First Samuel 18, 1-4. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan came one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as, as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belts. In our society, we don't understand that. Okay, he just gave him some things. that That's what you did when you went into covenant with someone. It, is, you would take your tunic, you would take your outer garment, you would take your, your sword, you would take your weapons, and you would say, here... I'm basically I'm trusting you with my life. I'm I'm trusting you with my life. Now let's back up a little bit. How did this covenant take place? Well, the Bible. Now we're talking about Jonathan. Who who was it that scaled the mountain without a sword in his hand with one armor bearer? Who? Jonathan. Jonathan's the one that we snuck away from his dad, climbed the cliff, and so we're talking about a warrior. He went out, struck down 20 Philistines, and then the rest of the army was around. We're talking about a man. We're talking about a warrior. He is there beside his dad, Saul, King Saul, when David walks up with Goliath's head in his hands. It's awesome, isn't it? The Bible's good. You should read it. And the Bible says that that David's holding Goliath's head, and here's King Saul, and here's Jonathan. and, And the Bible says immediately they had this kindred connection, and they were knit together. Thus began their friendship. See, we're we're not talking about we're not talking about two little boys here. We're we're talking about young men, warriors, and so that even that adds to the plot of the story. Go 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 back to the point: it, true friendship is a covenant. You you can't walk out on a covenant. Well, you can, but in God's eyes. When you make a covenant with someone, and he's the third party, it's a covenant forever. And that's what these two did, and it's such a beautiful story. You'll see this in a minute. You'll see how how this covenant carries them through some really, really, really rough times. See, friendship is a covenant. Friendship is not determined by circumstance, nor is the day. Friendship is determined by the covenant. Married folks in here? How many have been married five years? Ten years? Twenty years? Twenty-five years? Thirty years. How many have I met 35? 35? Anyone, anyone, anyone who's been married any amount of time would tell you. That circumstance has not gotten them to 35, 40 years. Isn't that true? Circumstance is not going to get you to that 50th anniversary. Circumstance doesn't lend itself to finishing the race. But covenant does. Right? Right? I've told you this before, and in, in, in Raina's counseling with somebody right now, but she would, she would tell you the same thing, so I'm not saying anything that she wouldn't say. I mean, there, there are days that we don't like each other. <laughs> you what? Seriously. And if any of you are married in here and you would say, there's never been a day I didn't like my wife, you're lying. <laughs> you're, you're I mean, or half a day. Zach, you're so perfect, maybe a quarter of a day. But, but, but there's, there, love was never a question because of covenant, right? We're, we're in covenant, and, and circumstance doesn't decide the, the relationship. Covenant does. And I, I think that David and Jonathan show us this in, in an amazing way. Number two, true friendship requires trust. First Samuel 20, Then David fled from Noah at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, what have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to take my life? Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the story, let's just let's make sure we're all on the same page here. Jonathan is the king's son, right? Jonathan is Saul's son. David shows immense trust by tracking down Jonathan to ask Jonathan why his dad is trying to kill him and you, have to, you have to get this in, the, in this culture here, here's if you wanted to take if, you, if, the, if your throne was threatened the idea was and Saul had the idea to go and eradicate anyone who was threatening to take the throne. Saul got ripped with paranoia because they began to sing about David? They, you know, Saul's killed his thousands. As David's killed his ten thousands. And Saul starts seeing his throne drift away. Starts seeing his legacy drift away. And all of a sudden, everyone becomes an enemy. And, 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 and so, here's David. The last person I would go to if I thought King Saul was trying to kill me would be his son. Think about that. Because Jonathan, he had everything to lose. And nothing to gain by being David's friend, but David in covenant trusted him. Do you get that? Maybe you're here today, and you have a hard time trusting. Don't raise your hand, but I mean in in your heart. Do you know why we have a hard time trusting? Because we've been let down so many times, right? We we. We, we've been rejected by those who are supposed to love us, hurt, lied to. Can I just tell you this? Today is a beautiful day to trust again. You, you, can't, you can't live life abundantly without trusting. I don't mean being the doormat for somebody. I don't mean trusting outside of wisdom. I mean just trusting. It's a beautiful day to start trusting again. Because you can't, you can't experience that heartfelt relationship, That you can't experience that bond, that covenant, without trust. True friendship requires trust. David seeks out Jonathan, and Jonathan's the main one besides Saul that should have been trying to kill David. Trust. What allows me to trust again? What allows me to trust again? Covenant. I, I was doing this illustrated message years ago, about twelve, thirteen, fourteen years ago, and um, and I, I was a youth pastor then, and we were in a room much larger than this, and with the ceilings were way higher than this. And are anybody old enough to remember the movie Left Behind: Enemy Lines? And they yeah. Okay, you've been married forty years, and you've never seen Left Behind: Enemy Lines. That's not, Helicopter gets shot down, they have to go behind enemy lines and rescue people. It's, it's really good. A lot, it's very spiritual. <laughs> 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 but I did this series called Left Behind Enemy Lines and how, how young people needed to know that they live in a fallen world and they've been left by, behind enemy lines. But one day, Jesus is coming back to get them. And in the meantime, they had to operate. The, sorry, anyway. So anyway, we, we, um, I, I spent three days with an Army Ranger. And, um, and this guy had been shot nine times. Nine times, Glenn. He had holes all over him. It was awesome. <laughs> dude, dude. Yeah, he, he had holes, and and he he didn't. He said, "I mean, I'm sorry. It wasn't awesome. It was very cool to hang out with somebody that had been as many places as he had." Um. Anyway, so I spent three days with him, asking him all kinds of questions about warfare and all this. I remember one day we were we were in the we called it the power plant, <laughs> and we were in that room, and he he put a Kevlar helmet on me, and and there was, a, there was a dot on the back uh, that glowed. And I said, what's that for? He goes, well, it's so you don't get shot by your buddies. At that moment, I realized, this guy's been around. <laughs> and so anyway, he, he taught me a lot about things. And, and so I incorporated that. Young people love that stuff. I, I incorporated that into the series. Well, each night of the series, I got dropped from about 85 feet like I was rappelling from a helicopter. And so we went to the radio station back then. This before. You could just get on Google and get air helicopter noises. We had to actually go to the radio station and ask if they could make helicopter noises. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> That's foreign to a lot of people now. And so we got, we got this helicopter. And the lights went down. And the strobe light came on. And... And there's this big, burly guy that was supposed to. The idea was they put this thing on me, and they, while the lights were out, they were going to hoist me up sideways to where I would be in the middle of the stage. And then when the spotlight came on, I was going to rappel down. Kevlar helmet. It, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> About the time I was supposed to get pulled up there, I looked over at the guy that was supposed to be doing the hoisting. And at the time my brother, my older brother, was a youth sponsor in the youth group, and my brother was standing right beside him. And I said, Y'all switch. <laughs> and he goes, No, nah. Brock I, I got this. I said, No. I got it's eighty-five feet. I trust him more than I trust you. <laughs> and so my brother he, he pulled me up there and he didn't drop me. He he actually played with me one time, a little bit. He jerked. Just <laughs> brotherly fun, right? <laughs> and uh and yeah. But but Trust. True friendship requires trust. And if you, can't, if you can't trust, pray about that. If you've been hurt so much, pray about that. Because you're never going to enjoy the fruit of friendship without trusting. Number three. True friendship sacrifices. Never, Jonathan replied, 1 Samuel 22-4, You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without confiding in me. Why would he hide this from me? It's not so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. That's friendship. Jonathan's got everything to lose. Nothing to gain. He says, whatever you want me to do for you, I'll do. Does that sound familiar? Because a little bit earlier in the Bible, there was this story about Jonathan and an armor bearer. And Jonathan said, hey, let's go up and see if the Lord would hand them into our hands. And do you remember what the armor bearer said? The armor bearer said, Whatever you have in your heart to do, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan had experienced someone in his life that said, I'm all in. I'm all in. Whatever you, whatever you think, I'm all in. You don't have to worry about me. i got your back. You don't have to worry. I, I will go to whatever length I need to go to to, to, to follow you and to help you succeed. That takes sacrifice. Jonathan is saying right here, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. David's freaking out. I know your dad wants to kill me. I know this is true. I know this is true. Jonathan's saying it's not true. It's not true. And then finally, Jonathan just says, look, we made a covenant. And whatever, whatever, whatever you want me to do for you, I'll do it. That's sacrifice. Because there's really... You think about this, there's, there's two kinds of friendships. There's a pseudo-friendship. You know what that means? Plastic, right? Um, silicone, not real, looks real, it's not real. There, there's that kind of friendship, and, you know, where you see each other every once in a while, but, but when all hell breaks loose in your life, that person may talk to you once or twice, and then they avoid you at all costs. Why? Because getting in, involved in someone else's mess is messy. Getting involved in someone else's mess is messy. That's what the Stephen Ministries are about. They've said, you know what, we're going to get involved in someone else's mess. Someone else's hurt. And so true friendship, if we're going to glow and model true friendship, we're going to have to be able to sacrifice a little bit. Right? We're going to have to 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 be able to to take that phone call when we don't want to. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Um, Caller ID was created for Christians. (laughs) Yeah, because the person calls and you're like, no. Why? Too much time. Too much involvement. Too messy. The good Samaritan, man, he got off his high horse and got down in the ditch. Bandaged the beaten man. Clothed him. That's messy. I'm sure he got his blood all over him. Takes him to an end. Spends his own money. That's sacrifice. And Jonathan is putting his own lineage on the line by telling David, David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. Why? Because we're in covenant. I'm your friend. I, I love you. And whatever I need to do, I'll do. Now, now, now listen to me, and I want you to hear this. Don't zone out. You can't do everything for everybody. It'll drive you crazy. You can't, ta- you can't take every phone call. And you can't meet for coffee with every person. You can't do everything, but you can do something. We all need a Jonathan in our life, and we all need to be a Jonathan. Do you hear that? We have, somebody whistled about that. I don't know what that was. Somebody's phone. That's hilarious. You know what? I'm gonna come up with an app that has church phone tones. So if your phone goes off, it'll be like, "Amen." I mean, that just hit me. That just we gotta do that. That 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 just hit. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you better patent that right now. If <laughs> uh, you can't have fun in church, you can't have fun anywhere. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. True friendship friendship takes sacrifice it really does it really really does and again you you can't be you're not anybody's savior that's only Jesus but you can be a listening ear maybe at midnight I mean I I don't know how else to put it but Jonathan said whatever you want me to do I will do for you good number four True friendship allows for accountability. So David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon festival and I'm supposed to dine with the king, but let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him, David, earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he's determined to harm me. David's still trying to convince Jonathan. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I'm guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said, if I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? He is accountable to David, and David is accountable to him because of covenant. Uh, Let me go back to marriage. There should be no part of your marriage that your husband or wife doesn't know about, of your life that your partner doesn't know about. I I can't imagine telling my wife she couldn't get on my cell phone. Do what? (laughs) Excuse me? Listen, uh, There there has to, in any true friendship, any true relationship that is in covenant before God, there has to be complete accountability. Men, you need to have someone in your life that you're accountable to. Women, you need to have someone in your life you're accountable to. Teenagers, you need to have people in your life you're accountable to. Young adults. You need to have somebody that has full right to call you out even if it ticks you off. You need to have full right for someone to, in your life to call you and say, hey, I'm noticing some things going on in your life. We need to get together and talk. We all need that. We, we absolutely need that. And, and when you do that, it shows that you truly love that person. Jonathan's saying to David, How, what are you talking about me killing you? We're, we're in covenant. We're accountable to each other. We know everything about each other. I, I can't wait to get to heaven. They, they probably camped together. They probably went hunting together. You know, they probably ran off and snuck out of the castle together, you know, and, and did all, you know, chased down sheep, went sheep-tipping. I <laughs> went sheep-tipping. Um, they, I mean, they, they were just adventurous people is what they were. They, they, were they, they were adventurous guys. And so Jonathan's hurt right here. He says, look. We're in covenant. I'm accountable to you. You know the definition of accountability is giving the needed information before it's asked the The true definition of accountability is giving the needed information before it is asked before you're made to. in other words we We all should be accountable to someone. Good let's keep going. True friendship keeps its word. 1 Samuel 20, 41 through 42. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone. Now, now, watch. This is where Jonathan says, go out there, and if I shoot, the, I'm going to shoot some arrows. And if I tell the boy they're there, then you're okay. If I tell him to keep going, then you'll know my father's going to try to kill you. It's just too much scripture to read because you guys would fall asleep. So let me just catch you up. After the boy had gone, David got the boy, he was the, the messenger, the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Now watch this, stay there, go back. Go, let's go back and, and talk about, just for a second, keeping your word. See, when you keep your word to someone, it builds trust. So both my kids, from the time that they could understand the spoken English, trust is freely given. But when it's misused, it's hard to get back. Wouldn't you agree with that? So, so I'd rather, I'd rather you just tell me the truth. Even if it hurts, just tell the truth. And so, so here, but now watch this. Jonathan has made David a promise. Now then, Jonathan has now found out, because his dad freaked out at the New Moon Festival asking where David was. He said David went home. His dad said, what, are you going to, you know, basically paraphrase, that that guy's trying to kill me, and you let him go. Now the lights are coming on for Jonathan. Now Jonathan realizes, wait a minute, David's not paranoid. He's telling the truth the whole time. My dad is trying to kill him. Jonathan, up until this point, just didn't, until until he had that conversation with Saul, his dad, he didn't really believe his dad was trying to kill David. The light bulbs are coming on. So now, Jonathan, wow, my dad is trying to kill David. Well, why is he trying to kill David? Well, he's trying to kill David because David's going to take the throne. Well, if David takes the throne, I'm not going to get the throne. If I don't get the throne, ah, watch this, David. Walks up to Jonathan, bows down three times, kisses his feet. One of the most amazing things about this is the fact that David was saying, Jonathan, if you want to do it, do it now. Put his face to the ground. If you want to sever my head, sever it now. If you're not going to keep your word, I need to know now. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Keep going to verse 42. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord. Wow. Jonathan is going against not only his dad, the king's wishes, which are one and the same. He's saying, Look, get out of here, man. We have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to the town. And did you know? Did you know this is the last time they ever saw each other? Last time. Best friends. It's, it's the last time they ever laid eyes on each other. This began David's exile into the desert. Jonathan had to go back to his dad and pretend like nothing happened. Go back, go back to the point, Joe. If you look at that that verse forty one, you you think about the connection that was there between them, that covenant, that best friend connection that. I'll do anything for you. And then you go to verse 42 and you see that connection, that covenant allowed Jonathan to keep his word even in the face of losing his inheritance. That's tough. That's tough. True friendship keeps its word. I I think that Christians... And hopefully our church will be known as people that keep our word. Right? You ever tell somebody you're going to pray for him? Do you pray for them? I, me and my wife are getting so old, she's taught me a trick. If, if anybody ever asks her to pray for him, she just stops everything she's doing right there and prays for him. And then she'll say, you know, I'll try to remember to pray for you every day, but let me pray for you right now. But we need to be known as people that, that keep our word. Right? Tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. Don't tell somebody you're going to do something just to make yourself look good and then not do it. Now, I know life happens and things come up and things fall through the cracks. But as, as a staple of who we are, we need to keep our word, especially in our friendships. Right? So true, true friendship, it, it keeps its word. And then let's fast forward. i gotta, I got to hurry. To to the last thing, true friendship is always looking to forgive. I don't have time to read all this. I don't even know if I have the voice to do this. So let me just tell you the story. (laughs) It's such a kind church. Somebody sneezes. Bless you, bless you, bless you. (laughs) They're already blessed. Leave them alone. Be quiet. Same person that said, bless you, she's going to run you over in the parking lot when you leave today. You watch. (laughs) So Jonathan's son was five years old. When when everything shook down and they had to flee the castle, and the nurse picked him up and fled, but she hurried to leave. He fell and became crippled. His name was called Mephibosheth. I have the hardest time with that name. Mephibosheth. So, keep going. So, here's David hanging out one day. David is hanging out one day and he wonders to himself, I wonder if there's anyone left in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to, that I can show my forgiveness, my heart of forgiveness to the lineage of Saul. I wonder if there's anyone left. Someone says, yeah, Ziba was a, a, a servant of Saul. They would know. So they go get Ziba. Ziba says, yes, there he is, and he's in Lodabar. That word Lodabar means a desolate, hopeless desert. You know why he was in Lodabar. He's hiding. He was hiding because, again, the normal thing would have been to find every descendant of Saul and kill them so that David's reign would last forever. So his lineage would last forever. So he sends Ziba down to get um, Mephibosheth and and bring him back up. And and you have to think what this this guy's thinking. He's crippled, so somebody had to go get him. You know he's thinking in his heart, I'm dead. I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. This is the end. I've been able to hide out long enough. But, I mean, it's over. They bring him before King David. And he's he's, got to be... Like, kind of keep going. Keep going, Joe. Go to the next go to verse 5. Go to the next screen. Don't be afraid, David said. Don't be afraid. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Wow. Mephibosheth goes in thinking, this is it. It's over. And they have this conversation. And David forgives. The lineage of Saul shows kindness. And, and from Lodabar to richness. He's getting all the land back. But this is the most beautiful thing to me right here. David said, you will always eat at my table. Not just anybody got to eat at the king's table. But I've done some research on this. And the place where where if people are crippled, it it shows, research shows, the most comfortable place for them is at a dinner table. If they're they're crippled in their legs. You know why? Because nobody can tell they're crippled. They feel normal. And watch this. Think about this. Isn't that exactly what Jesus Christ did for us? That's what God did for us by sending us his only son. Hey, he says, "Is, is there humanity that I can show kindness to? Forgiveness. And so God sent his only son, the Bible said. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. And If you read the Bible, you you would know that there's going to be another dinner table. There's going to be another supper. There's going to be a party, basically. Jesus even said on the night that he was betrayed, he said, "I, I I won't do this again until I see you at that table. So, here's the question. Because we're all spiritually crippled at one time in our life, right? We're all spiritually, you know, what heals that crippleness is us putting our faith in Jesus Christ. True faith. Not talked about faith, true faith. And so, the question is this, have you, have you believed, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as, as the one true Son of God, as the Messiah? Have you accepted the kindness of God through the work of Jesus Christ? Have you accepted the forgiveness of God through what Jesus Christ did for us? See, because no one glowed greater in friendship than Jesus. Friend of sinners. Jesus was warm and welcoming. He's always doing stuff that religion says you shouldn't do. Loving people, dying for humanity, glowing on the cross. For all the world to know that God did everything he could so that we could spend eternity with him. So two things here. One, one track is we all need a Jonathan and we all need to be a Jonathan. The other track is this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you believed? Would you bow your head all this place? Say, hey Jason, I, I, I can't put my finger on the time or a place that I actually believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. But I'm ready to do that today. I'm ready to do that today. I'm, I'm ready to put my faith in the, in the fact that Jesus Christ is the one true Son of God. Listen, it don't matter where you were last night. It doesn't matter what you've done. God already knows that, and He still is crying out to you with love. So if you're here today and you say, I need Jesus in my life, I need forgiveness... Would you just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and right back down? I just want to pray with you. I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? Right, Right where you're sitting. If you raise your hand right there where you're sitting, let's pray. After service is dismissed, go out to the tent and get a Bible and a devotion. But let's just pray together right now. From your heart, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. Thank you that I am in this seat today. And I know by me confessing and believing in my heart that I'm saved. So from my heart, I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin to the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ was placed in a grave and I believe with all my heart he rose from that grave on the third day and he's in heaven today making intercession for me he's praying for me and he's coming back for me one day those voids I've been trying to fill with things of this earth would you fill them with your love and your grace and your mercy and your spirit Lord let your spirit right now just invade my soul I know I'm not going to be perfect but your word is promised I'm made into a new creation right now and I thank you for that so God thank you for forgiveness thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen.